Welcome everyone. Uh, my name is Lisette London and I am so excited for today's episode because we are talking about trauma and how it looks in terms of community, spirituality, religion, all of that within our um, within communities that have uh, stigmas, right? Within the yep. communities that um, don't understand how to adapt a holistic approach to the trauma that they have experienced in a generational sense, right? In the transgenerational sense. And so today we have um, our guest, uh, our, our guest speaker, I guess, our interviewee, um, Mr. Xavier Justice. And he is a chaplain. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and read some of his bio. This man is amazing. And I'm going to then let him speak for a little bit. And then I'm going to introduce our, our um, Miss, Mrs. Jenny Breckman, who is from also the Forward Facing Trauma Institute. So uh, Mr. Xavier Justice is from Washington, D.C., and he served honorably in the United States Army at the 101st Airborne Division in Fort Campbell, Kentucky. That's awesome. Uh, Mr. Justice holds a Master's of Art in Christian Counseling and is presently matriculating in the Doctor of Education in a Community Care and Counseling degree um, with a congent, right? Congent? I don't know how to mm -hmm. it. Listen, yep. Spanglish. Y'all know people, listen, my family, the English is there, in traumatology. <laughs> okay, he holds a certificate in theology and ministry from Princeton Theological Seminary. Let that sink in, people. This man is, he knows his stuff. Um, Mr. Justice is certified as a master clinical traumatologist with the Green Cross Academy of Traumatology and is a peer reviewer and contributor editor with the Practitioner Scholar Journal of International Trauma Training Institute. That's amazing. Mr. Justice is a diplomat of with the American Association of Pastoral Counselors, a psychotherapist with the Association of Clinical Pastoral Education, and a certified group psychotherapist supervisor with the American Group Psychotherapist Association. My Lord, yes. <laughs> yes, he has completed the Spiritual Integrated Psychotherapy Training with the ACPE, and he is a board-certified Christian counselor, certified PTS specialist, and brain health coach with the American Association of Christian Counselors. Mr. Justice currently serves as the chaplain to the board ministry, ministry at his church. Um, Mr. Justice is a chaplain to the Congressional Consultation community of practice with the Association of Clinical Pastoral Education, and he serves as a, as a chaplain to the South Atlantic Community of Chaplains of the Spiritual Care Association. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. A lot of hats there. Listen. I'm like, who is that person? Where is he? Where is That's that individual? You. <laughs> your your history and your work that you've done has been amazing, and I'm honored to have you here um, today. Um, yeah. And I'm also going to go ahead and introduce um, Mrs. Jenny Brackman. She is, like I said before, she is the CEO or vice president or president of the vice president, of, vice president of Forward Facing Institute. And um, she was in our other episode with Dr. Gentry. Um, and it was amazing um, episode. And we just have her here today because both um, Ms. Brackman and Mr. Justice are part of the Forward Facing Institute. And we are just connecting with them because we want to know more about the work that they're going to be doing, the work that they're already doing within their own sphere. But also because we want to go ahead and talk about why this, um, why getting a certificate from the Forward Facing Institute is so important when looking at individuals, if that's who you wanna work with, but also if you wanna work with communities who have been exposed to uh, generational traumas. And currently 
too many triggers to count, right? Um, and so this um, certificate that is uh, they're putting out, it's amazing. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm in part of the core because I'm like, give me, give me, give me. As everybody knows, I am uh, a lover of education when it comes to trauma and understanding how it can be incorporated not only for ourselves as we become advocates for what we need, but also how we can implement it to others so that we can be advocates for others who are in need of this. And so this is what this conversation is, addressing what a true community resiliency approach is in, in while incorporating a traumatic um, um, or, or trauma-exposed, trauma-informed approach. So tell me, uh, I mean, I read about you, um, Mr. Justice. Uh, you want to be called Mr. Justice, Chaplain Justice, Xavier? And I'll, I'll interrupt for one second because that was such a formal bio. I mean, you know, letters and names mean nothing if you're not just a legit good guy. And I will say I've you know gotten to know Xavier over the past six months and he's just a legit good guy and has become um, what I would consider a good friend. So, yes. Um, I, Listen, I've only talked to him for uh, 40 minutes prior to this and... <laughs> And I feel like we are best friends. I mean, he may not feel that way, but I feel like we're best friends because I literally just um, got into all his life history <laughs> and then just decided to be like, I'm just your accountability partner. And he didn't ask for it, but here we are. So, <laughs> I need um, it. I need it. so tell me about what got you to, to this track of understanding or wanting to work in the field of trauma. One of the things that, that I notice in, in what I do, I have about 30 years of ministry. And one of the things that I've noticed uh, over, over a period of time, particularly in, in the black community, was that um, there's some things that, that keeps people from experiencing uh, their spiritual life, their spiritual health, um, to the fullness of, of some of the promises that we've been given. In addition to all of the, the things uh, that, they, that were happening in people's lives, and, and in mine as well, that were happening in people's lives that they just couldn't get over. And so I, I committed my heart and mind to, 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 tr to try to figure out what that is, what, how, how that works. I served in the military as a, as a mechanic, um, and I'm a, by trade a, a, a carpenter. Um, so I like to figure out how things work and how how to fix that. And so when I get a get a uh, a challenge, that's what I, I try to do. And so trying to figure out what that is, what what are some of the causes, and how we can uh, uh, come up with some remedies in order to fix it, ultimately led me led me there. And and ultimately uh, uh, into a conversation with uh, the esteemed Dr. Bessel Vanderkalk uh, here in 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 Maryland. And so running into him and hearing about uh, uh, sharing with him what I did for a living um, and hearing him tell me uh, how he envisioned it uh, there, you know, the neuroscience, the medical uh, view of trauma. Um, but but in particularly what he said about spirituality and how that when a person is tra uh, traumatized or triggered, the part of the brain responsible for spirituality also goes offline as well. And uh, uh, spiritual um, people's spiritual disciplines are no longer effective as long as they're triggered. And so those kinds of liturgies, those kinds of, of, of things are ineffective. Bible study, uh, talk, those kinds of things that replicate talk therapy are insufficient uh, as they are to do that. So giving my heart to try to understand what are some other modalities out there that can get around that and activate, get a person activated in, in, in uh restore their regulation, right? And so uh, being principle driven, learning to, to think uh, um, schema wise when it, when it comes to, to values and those kinds of things, learning to use how you are in the present to fix uh, some of those things that have happened to you ultimately is what led me to uh, a forward facing. Amazing. I absolutely love it. Zoom, zoom, zoom. I absolutely yeah. love it. Um, and the, you know, and we talked about it. Um, and this meeting, um, I, I would say one of the godfathers, right? <laughs> Trauma was it's it was it's amazing, right? And to have mm -hmm. that conversation with him to talk about the the importance of that spirituality, that 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 how important that tool is. And um, in our conversation earlier, we were talking about 
um, you know, how <laughs> overseas, right, in, in, in terms of Africa and the countries in, in, in West Africa and throughout there, one of the things that they have been doing, right, is looking, looking at the biopsychosocial with a little s, because as, as countries who are rooted in spirituality and religion, they, they understood that when something is off, it impacts the entire concept of how they view themselves, how they interact with a God or the, the, the person or the thing that they believe in and, and, and their approach to Bible studies and reading and like, and filling themselves up with the connection that they had, right? And so to talk about it here, right? Because now this is something that is being looked at here. Um, it's amazing, right? To having the conversation about how trauma impacts in a holistic way, right? Because before it was no trauma can impact here and then here, you know, that was a conversation before. But, you know, in reading the data, right, and reading what Dr. Gentry said and how it impacts your whole process, right, is, is yes. it's yes. amazing to, to understand. So how do you see this approach, right, incorporating the, the little S or the, even though I think it's the powerful S, the little S into a, a true community resiliency approach to a a community who has been exposed to generational trauma? Like, how does that look like utilizing that? Well, I, I think that it's it's important to to, uh, to pick this apart a little bit in order to start to understand some of the individual elements of, 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 of the values that we care about, and then try to uh, conceptualize how we can we can go about it from 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 that perspective, right? So um, a cake has basic five elements, right? You got your flour, you got your sugar, you got your milk, you got your eggs and your, your, your oil source, butter. And when put together and put under a heat source, it turns into a cake. Now you can add other stuff to the cake, right? But if you take any one of those ingredients out of there, out of there, out of, the, out of that five uh, uh, categories of mix, uh, it will turn into something else without the milk, without an egg, without... That same mix would not be a cake. It will be a, it'll turn into a muffin. It can turn right. into bread. It can turn into a, a, a tortilla or something different, but it's not a cake. You got to have these five basic ingredients. And one of the things that's important to us is tolerance, low frustration tolerance, having a high, uh, uh, not low frustration tolerance, but having a high ability in order to, to, to take things as they come, not to allow when bad things come to frustrate you. Um, we're, we're big on attunement, right? Being in, in connection with one another and being, having the ability to, to, uh, uh, to feel each other, to feel each other's feelings and, and to stay in connection. Affiliation, having the ability to, to be a part of something that's important, something that's meaningful, something that's uh, uh, eventually, I call essentially eternal. Uh, uh, we care about families. We care about being good to one another and being part of something that's meaningful in this world. Regulation, having the ability to stay calm under pressure, having the ability to not get your circuits fried when things happen to you, having the ability to have the, the self-control and not blow up on people uh, that get back there and push your buttons. And then finally, attachment, being able to uh, um, be intimate with people, having the ability to, to get past yourself and get past your own uh, uh, sense of, 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 of being and, and, and being able to communicate intimately with someone else. Well, those are the five basic ingredients, uh, attachment, regulation, affiliation, attunement, and tolerance. And interestingly, when I began to, to study that and understand what that means, those are the things that go offline when you're hurt, when you're triggered. You, you, you're not trying to attach to people. You're trying to get away, you know, uh, because you, you see people as a threat, right? You become dysregulated. You're ready to, to fight at a, at a, at a moment's uh, 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 drop of the dime, right? right. You're constantly uh, being vigilant and on alert, waiting for the next shoe to drop, never knowing when, but always ready, right? You become dysregulated, affiliated. You don't want to be around other people. You want to be alone to yourself because they hurt me and I'm trying to stay mm -hmm. away from them. I, I know I won't hurt <laughs> me. I know how to treat myself right. Uh, but then being in that kind of 
of wall makes makes it turns it later into a prison, right? Uh, attunement. We're out of whack. We stop being able to understand people. We become suspicious. Uh, uh, instead of feeling and, and giving people the benefit of the doubt, we second guess them, third guess them, fourth guess them, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, build a, a tower and put a moat with alligators and, and, and defend it with weapons, you know, so that they don't get close to us anymore. And right. then low frustration tolerance. Uh, uh, because things have happened and, and we're, we're wound up too tight, the slightest little thing that happens suddenly takes us back to that place in our head and in our mind where it looks like a big issue. And so uh, that's what happens when trauma uh, occurs. It, it, it really affects those five pieces. And interestingly enough, when I, when I noticed that, it was Dr. Eric Gentry in his, uh, um, in his book um, talked about these five things in particularly. And his, his forward-facing model honors those things. It teaches you how to, uh, uh, to be faithful to those things. The first, to, to cement them. Right. Learn what they are to cement them into your character and really work with them and understand them and how they uh, relate to your functioning, how they add value to your 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 um, your functioning and then what trauma does to that. So that's how I, I sort of envision that uh, and why it, it's so important for us, because those are the very things that make us who we are. We, we're people that love to laugh, that love to, 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 to just uh, talk and, and, and be in each other's company. Um, those are some, some things that, are, that, have, that have come to us uh, uh, down from the past. Um, and basically since the first day we appeared on earth. And I think that uh, uh, when we, we get back to those things, we're, we're, then, then we're, we're true people again. Listen, I, and I totally agree. And I, and I love it how you, you broke it down in, in ingredients because you know one of the things that uh, are, are black and brown communities, right? Pride mm -hmm. themselves in is the fact that they're collective despite yeah. what they are experiencing, you know? Yeah. Like, no, we can still make a cake, right? We can still figure yeah. out how to make something out of this With despite all the things, right? <laughs> With all the things going on, I know how to make this, we can make this. And, um, you know, it, I, I think that, that that attunement, right? The, the five points, right, are so important that I, I feel like the, it got lost along the way, right? Um, that they have seen it because as a, as a, a professional working with communities like this, um, I think that you are in this default, right? That you just do something because it's been done, but you don't really understand why you're really doing it and how important this little piece thing is, right? And so understanding that, and looking at um, you know what you mentioned, and then looking at the the barriers and the gaps that this community is continues to see, you know how would you you know um, you know kind of encourage someone who is wanting to work with this type of population, right? Whatever population it may be in a community in a collective sense that has experienced so much trauma. You know, um, I mentioned earlier to you that I used to work with um, traffic victims and yes. help them reintegrate back into a, a home, into a system where they have left and they have not been there for a while because, you know, a lot of things have happened. And then how to, you know, incorporate a healing approach, right, into how they when they're in reintegrating. And then also look at the community, the collective group as a whole, while that person is trying to heal, and that other the other group is trying to understand how this healing process happened, right? right? So how do you how would you recommend or how would you encourage someone who is going through something like that, right? Someone who is trying to go through the process of healing, you know, the the forward facing me, right? The, where you are looking at yourself and looking at these processes and making a code of honor for yourself and all these different things that the forward um, facing Institute encouraged you. And then also Dr. Gentry's book encourages you to do, but how do you encourage that as a healing individual within a collective group that is so traumatized? How do you tell me a little bit more? Well, I know it's a lot, but 
Yeah. Well, you got to know when you're when you're when you're uh, when you're in need of help. You got to know when you're in trouble. Right. Um, I, I recently got over a cold. Right. And so there there's a, the remedies and things that you can do on your own. Uh, I call it the low hanging fruit. There's some things and some symptoms uh, that that you can that you can go through um, and, and those kinds of things uh, that you can self treat. But then uh, higher things, things that have persisted for a while, you're gonna, you probably need a little bit of help. Those are, those are the kinds of things that you want to uh, seek a, a forward-facing coach or, or um, uh, ex- what I call expanding your treatment team. Once, once uh, uh, your medicines on the things that you're able to get your hands on uh, uh, at the store uh, no longer work, your visit to the pharmacy is no longer effective. Then it's time to get some 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 hospital grade kinds of medications uh, and and get a get a, a a specialist on the case. And so I'm reminded of the story of the man who fell in the hole. He fell in the hole and he uh, wondered, uh, uh, kept screaming to the top of the hole for help. A doctor walked by and said, "I can't help you, but I can uh, help you with the pain," and threw down a prescription. And then a psychologist walked by and he said, well, I can't help you. Uh, And then he threw down a a treatment plan. Uh, um, And then a preacher came by and he said, well, I can't help you either. And he threw down a prayer. And not so long after that, his best friend walked by and he looked down and said, what are you doing down there? He says, I'm stuck. I can't get out. His best friend immediately jumped down in the hole. And he said, oh, my goodness, what are you doing? Why did you jump down here? Now we're both stuck. And his best friend said, no, we're not, because I fell in this hole before and I know the way out. And so this is exactly uh, what uh, forward facing coaches are about. We we understand uh, uh, what we've ourselves have been through. We've worked through our own issues uh, with ourselves and with some consultation uh, of others. And we know the way out. We know how to to to. Uh, uh, find out which one of these ingredients are affecting you most. You know, is it an attachment issue? Are you having a, an attunement problem? Is this a, a regulation issue? And if so, this is how I worked it out. And this might uh, uh, serve to also help you out. It's a little something I also learned from, from uh, my time in recovery, right? Uh, um, and then becoming a recovery supervisor you got to work through your own stuff first. And if everybody's judgment day honest, if we were judgment day honest, we all have been through some things. And, and how we have overcome those things makes us a, 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 a friend who gets in the hole with you to show you the way out. Um, I don't know if I'm doing that justice, Jenny, uh, but, uh, uh, you know, those, that's how I... I was just going to ask her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just about to it. ask her. Yeah, I was just about to ask you, Jenny, like, um, the, the, the board that you're creating, that you guys, you and Dr. Gentry are creating for the Forward Facing Institute, um, why, why did you think that Chaplain Xavier Justice was such an important component? Well, you know, if we're going to be really straightforward, first of all, uh, Dr. Gentry and I are very, very, very white. As well as, like I'm, my dad used to say we tanned by the moon. <laughs> And so, but so first of all, I love the brother. Um, second of all, it's about knowing, it's, it's about knowing where my strengths end and my awareness ends and another person begins. And that, you know, there's communities, so I can speak very powerfully into the adoption community. I can speak very powerfully into the special needs community and other communities because I've been there. I've been in the trenches. I know some of the agony and some of the joy. And I don't have that lived experience for other things. And so um, when it comes to marginalized cop communities, especially when there are um, brown and black leaders and people of color, ultimately the ethos of forward facing is that we want it to be community driven by the leaders of those communities, not ourselves and whoever that ourself is coming in as the expert. But no, really these truths are transient, they're universal. And yet each community, each culture, even internationally that adapts them, that adopts them, they're gonna get their own flavor. You know, if you hear Dr. Gentry train and you hear I train, they're going to be similar with the principles, but they're also going to be very different because of our life experience. And it's so really, Xavier was our first, our first 
defined as far as, okay, who can we, who do we have a mutual admiration for who has um, some leadership and some knowledge of his or her community so that they can take forward facing and then help us to be able to reach as many people as possible. Listen, great find. <laughs> perfect, perfect mix and ingredient to the forward-facing institute family and um, and the forward movement of what you guys want to do, especially looking at what Dr. Gentry wants to do in the next five years um, or in the lifetime he thinks that he does he won't see right, which is already happening. Um, but I, I think that uh, Chaplain Xavier Justice is 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 a great component to this movement because um, you know one of the things in working with international like internationally and working with uh, organizations in different countries one of the things that I've seen is the 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 stigma right it's not that mental health is is taboo which is which is that's not the biggest stigma. The biggest stigma in terms of incorporating a trauma approach or mental health approach is that they don't want you to come in and um, oppress them. They don't, they don't want you to come in and be um, where you come in and marginalize them, right? Because they've experienced that throughout history. And so one of the things, even if it's a tool like this, right? Um, I've noticed that they, you can't come in that way. And so I love what you said, Jenny, that, you know, they, we don't want to come in and say, this is what it's done. We want to incorporate an individual who understands and is part of that culture so that they can bring in the tool, um, which is why, again, I absolutely love you guys' approach and how you guys are doing this because um, we, that is something that was constantly being done and it was constantly being um, affecting the, the foundation of what mental health is and the, the foundation of what trauma support looks like, right? Overseas, anywhere. Um, like, oh, I'm going to give you this tool and I'm going to help you because I see the problem that you have. Instead of actually saying, I just want to just have a conversation. Let me find out what it is that you really need and what you really, what you really want. And then go from there and let's try to implement this. Um, just because a person looks thirsty doesn't mean that that's the first thing that they want, you know? Um, and so I love that this is the approach that we're taking. Um, and so, um, can I chaplain add, one, add one more thing okay, go ahead. there? And uh -huh. Really, when historically, when we do that, even if it's with the intention of helping and healing, ultimately, it's re-traumatizing. Yeah. And with the, that's how it's the best intentions. And then the, the other little bitty bit that I missed about why um, Xavier's an important part of our team is that that liaison between the mental health community and people of faith and the clergy community to help them understand and realize that this is not something, this is completely uh, this is completely parallel. This is completely fit into your worldview of your faith that can help your, your people, your clergy members be able to heal and then actually be able to access. So I know he'll reach more about that later, but that's, that's so huge. And, and if you want to sh start sharing about that a little bit right now, that'd be great. Um, before I jump in with asking you another question, please share, um, share a little bit about that. Well, the research tells us that uh, people go to their member of clergy first when they're in trouble. And so uh, by far and large. Um, and, and so like it or not, uh, uh, clergy are part of the continuum of care. Most of them aren't aware of their role, uh, the importance of their role. Um, and, and, and I think that's part of why we, we're doing what we're doing to, to, to make them aware and to then not, not just give them an awareness, right? That's almost like thoughts and prayers, right? We actually want to do something. And, and having the tools to, to be able to, to understand what's being presented to you when, when, a, when a client is in front of you, but also have the tools to be able to actually make a, uh, a difference, make a difference in, the, in that person's life. Once again, to help them jump down 
in the hole yeah. uh, with them instead of 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 sending uh, a treatment plan or prayer. Of, of those kinds of things. And so I think that once ministers understand uh, uh, that superpower that they have and how that they, they the, that part of the, the whole uh, continuum of care is active at one time, on mm -hmm. uh, uh, no one particular craft has it all, uh, uh, that there is a positive contribution that can be given uh, from uh, this piece. Um, I think that 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 invitation uh, can also help. Now, just because they 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 have it doesn't mean that they're trained. Doesn't mean that they're ready, right? And that's where forward facing comes in, and that's part of one of the, uh, the work that I want to do is to be able to give them the the the, the tools uh, to do that. And unlike some of the other things that I've, as you know, I've I, I've gone places and have done plenty of trainings, forward facing and Dr. Gentry's model. Uh, serves as one of the, the the better ones that I've seen. And you got to know me as a person. You just really got to know me as a person that when I tell you that if this was some junk, <laughs> I would say, listen, girl, stay away from it, you know. Uh, and I'm just not that kind of person that if it, if it just doesn't work, um, that I, I, I would say, right. I would say, I would say that, right? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and then this this other piece that I wanted to to say, just like I said, once once the Joint Commission has told us that that people have a right uh, that to to seek uh, the advancement of their spiritual care as part of the continuum of medical services, you know, um, I think that's extremely important that uh, a shift in the consciousness and the shift in, in, in how we provide services, that a, a, a problem doesn't rest just in one domain, that mm -hmm. it's not just a physical issue, that it's not just an emotional or, or psychological, psychiatric, a mental health issue, uh, uh, but there's, uh, or some cognitive intellectual deficits. It all, there's also a spiritual component. And, and, and that's where our ministers get to shine. If they learn how to uh, understand how to assess what they're looking at and 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 give them the, the correct tool in order to go at it. I think we can get some good work done and provide some good holistic uh, integrative complementary care. I told you that I won't do a praise dance on the camera, but I'm just so excited. I'm just geeking out because as I mentioned earlier, you know, my dissertation, I think I mentioned it earlier with you, um, but I don't know if Jenny knew. Um, my dissertation focuses on the integration of, of an approach that um, kind of basically supports the integration of indigenous practices, right, right. into treatment plans. Like, how do you incorporate the spiritual, the religious aspect, the traditional cultural aspect into treatment plans to be able to support the individual through the process of healing? And so, um, you know, getting to the phase where I've collected the data. So I was able to speak with psychologists and social workers in Ghana, but also I was able to speak with um, indigenous leaders, right? Reverends, uh, pastors who, you know, some who understand the importance of, um, mm, we are kind of treating our, our people and providing them services um, by following the, the biblical approach to healing, right? You know, fasting, praying, um, chaining um, to so that demonic spirits can come out. Um, you know, there's like uh, the branch um, of the of, on the skin to kind of like cleanse your, you know, all of these things. And and a lot of individuals, some got healed, some didn't. But they they some of them noticed that something else was missing right? They worked on the little S, but they didn't have the biopsychosocial, right? And so they're like, we're, we're wanting to know how to work and collaborate and bring these two together. And in data, you know, the research constantly, if you look for the past decade or so, says the same recommendation is the same. More collaboration needs to be done with indigenous leaders, pastors, reverends, leaders like that, who connect with mental health professionals, psychologists, social workers, psychiatrists, so that they can find a better way to approach the mental health need of the people, right? And it, oh, that's why I did my study because I'm like, how is it that we're constantly saying the same recommendation but nothing's being done? 
And so in asking and co collecting the data with the people, one of the things that they mentioned, right, was, no, 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 we, we know that there's a need to collaborate these two realms, these two worlds, right, together to be able to treat mental health, be able to treat trauma. But there is a, a bigger gap, right, that we um, don't really address. And that is our tools are too westernized. And it does not respect the foundation of the indigenous people, the cultural people, the traditional people. And so, you know, we were talking earlier about how there has to be a better way to in incorporate tools that um, that is respectful of, of that type of need, right? Because one of the things that they mentioned is also that they use the tools we have here, you know, the ACEs and the five elements and the 12-step programs and kind of like revamp it or figure out how to shift it around so that it can kind of get give them what they need but they feel like they're still missing something right and i say that because i feel like this is it right i feel like this approach um works for that and so when i work with um individuals both in ghana nigeria zimbabwe and other countries this is the tools that i'm trying to show them like listen i know it's, it comes from America, but just give it a little try because I have to approach it that way, you know, because they're like, mm -mm, it comes from America, you know, that Western mentality. I don't want, I don't want, I don't want, it doesn't respect my culture. And I'm like, no, trust me, it kind of does. It really does, you know? And so, you know, this is a great tool that can be implemented in any culture, in any, in any country, because it doesn't dismiss who you are as a person, it doesn't dismiss the beliefs and cultures that you believe in. It actually highlights it. It actually says, no, this is the most important thing about you. And in order to understand this, in order to understand how we're going to deal with this problem, we need to understand this. And that's the holistic you, right? So I really love, 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 love um, your approach, uh, uh, chaplain justice to this and what you're going to be bringing into the forward facing institute in regards to the small powerfulness <laughs> that in in addressing uh trauma and how to um equip you know soldiers um professionals to go out there and if they come up with a client that is you know something is missing but they know there's like this energy and need that they know that this is a great tool to implement for that so thank you thank you and I, you. I just wanted i just wanted to speak briefly to 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 something i love how you said that that um our our people um, and the things that have come to us from the ancestors and how we're still in, in touch with those things. There are emerging therapies now called the body therapies. Uh, it's a bottom-up approach, right? We're so used to these top-down approaches and side-to-side -side approaches that we, that we forget that there are uh, uh, things that, that also have a, an emulative healing effect, music, dance, uh, uh, getting together, clapping your hands, getting your body moving. These are the kinds of things uh, that we know helps discharge that deleterious energy, right? And so when the foremost known world scholar uh, tells you that talk therapy and, and the like are ineffective, uh, then, you know, these, these are some hard things for our, uh, for clergy to understand. Well, why isn't prayer enough? Well, why isn't, uh, you know, reading your Bible in scripture memory? Why is that not enough? Um, and, 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 and it's very hard because the, the, the training came from a century uh, that just didn't have this kind of awareness. And, and, and I, uh, with, with now my pastor, uh, uh, Bishop Al Harris at, at Deliverance Headquarters, He's he's definitely emerging, and and he sort of understands that. 
um, and, and we, we give space for an opportunity for people to, to, to be expressive, to, to be able to, to share and, and, and to talk about, we call it testimony service, being able to, to, to say what's on your heart and what's on your mind. And then if, if people need a, a, an opportunity, uh, people don't tarry anymore, LaSeth. We used to hear, we used to tarry. We don't tarry anymore. <laughs> we don't tarry no more. Um, but if you need to dance that thing out, you know, uh, sometimes the pressures of the week and sometimes the things that you've been through and you start thinking about the past, uh, it makes you want to shout. And so it makes you want to want to be expressive. And sometimes yeah. you need to hug. And sometimes uh, 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 there needs to be a delay because you don't need to hear a lecture at that point. You may not need to hear a sermon, but you need somebody to sit there with you and, and just be there. Not necessarily have to speak, but have that empathic presence, that sense yeah. of presence uh, that elevates mood, right? Those are the kinds of things uh, that synergy, and those are the kinds of things that we we have to help uh, uh, ministers understand. And those skills and domains already rest uh, within the acumen of ministers. But how the to to use that in a in a therapeutic way is where is where we where we make the the the, the that's where the magic happens when we make that connection. And so, uh, as I said, when he says those kinds of liturgies are ineffective. Who are we to, to second guess uh, uh, Bessel van der Kolk? And it's so um, I agree that and, and I'm just thrilled to, to be here and to be able to, to share that piece. It's why I'm doing my doctorate. It's what, what I've decided to give my life to. And, and I believe in it so, so effectively uh, that I'm willing to forsake all else uh, to, to, mm -hmm. to bring this piece uh, to the world. I mean, that's perfect. I mean, let me tell you, you will. I have a, 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 a quote right in front of me and it says, today you are exactly where you are supposed to be. What happens tomorrow is up to you, right? And, and that's such a great quote because, you know, the fact that you mentioned that this is your life work, that this is what you're going to be doing because you saw that this is a need and that you know that by you doing this work is going to impact so many people tomorrow. And it's going to change so many people and that wave is going to carry, you know, um, people really think that I'm weird. You know, I really don't care. It happens. Um, <laughs> but um, I am so excited to be done with this doctorate, right? Like not only because your girl is tired, but, but because I want to be able to be done with this portion and now work with the indigenous leaders and because they have made myself um, um, available to them and now say, hey, I actually want to work with you in creating a, a group that brings the different peoples to this table and, and not condemn you or judge you because you're taking um, prayer as a, the only way to do this, but because it, let's look at it, let's look at treatment from the, from the, uh, you know, spiritual sense and then go those way, right? Instead of bringing the, you know, the other way, you know, the top down, bottom up, whatever way you want to look at it. And, and um, you know, in connecting with a couple of um, these indigenous leaders, they're so open to it. And so I'm excited for that portion because I, you're right. The individuals are ready, right? The, the, this approach is necessary because the reason why so many people go to um, religious leaders first is because they, they encourage this sort of uh, sense of relief. Like you can come here and just cry. You can come here and just shout and praise and dance and lose your mind because you either had a good day or you just like, I just, I don't know what's happening, right? That sense of like connection, hugging someone. And I feel like we have missed out on that in terms of our treatment approach, right? And to see it happening, right? Because I was invited to a, a session and to see how the biopsychosocial with the little s was incorporated. Oh my God, it was so beautiful, right? But they've been doing this because they saw the need of their people and said, hmm, we need to implement something that's useful. Let's do this. And so I love the fact that we are starting to get into this, um, you know, like you mentioned earlier, the, our founders of trauma before us got us to a point where they, they could. Our step 
is to take that and continue on. That's what, I mean, that's just how families are anyways, right? We, that we do better than our parents. And, and so this um, movement towards um, trauma, this forward movement, right? Towards getting a little better and understanding trauma is where we are now, because now we are incorporating the neuropsychological aspect of things and the energy aspect of it, but making sure that we are centered to understand that these two things actually are more aligned than we think, right? So I'm really excited about it. Um, I'm definitely going to be bringing you back um, because you are just amazing and, and your energy is so great. And I really do want us to talk um, in, in more specific about, you know, because, you know, this month is um, African-American month, Black History Month, whichever, Absolutely. you know, there's there's both ways of saying it. It's still the same thing, just bringing power to our people. And and then, of course, it, Latino, Hispanics a month is next month. And so, you know, being both Afro-Latina, um, you know, these two months I shall be celebrating <laughs> and, and bringing awareness to the need of our people from both these cultures. And so can you just say one thing, right? that you want um, the African-Americans, the African people, the people of color to know this one thing in terms of trauma, in terms of forward facing, in terms of all of these things, right? That they can take with them and use as a, as a tool for either encouragement or for a reminder of where they are and where they, they wanna be or where they should be. Can you give us something for like encouragement for, for that community? Is my turn? Yes, this is for yeah. you. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Um, I, I wanna say the help is on the way. You know, um, I just want to say that um, our ancestors, we exist because of the ancestors, right? And, and the sacrifice and, and, and the seeds that they have planted. And, and the, those things uh, uh, are, are not overthrown because we've been through a little trouble. And, and in times past, that trouble has, has gotten us down. It's short-circuited. It, it's caused us to, to get off into to, to various uh, uh, different things. But through trauma treatment and through the understanding, um, through the understanding of, of who, who you are, that you can be put back together again. And help is on the way. And I just want you to know that, that uh, forward, forward, the Forward Facing Institute hears you. Um, and, and, and I hear you and, and I know you, you hear them as well, Seth, and, and the work that we're doing is all for that reason. It's all to, to help someone become more, uh, to first, uh, uh, to become self-regulated, right? To become more attuned and attached, uh, to become more tolerant and, uh, affiliated when, when we get those ingredients back together. Um, then you'll find your purpose will come back online. When we get that deleterious energy out, when we work through name the things that have happened, put a name on it. And once though yeah. that has been named, then we begin to actually take positive, affirmative, measurable steps uh, to, to, to see those things uh, removed. And we can go on and, and realize and, and fulfill the potential that we have. And hopefully the, the call of God and the will of God on, on earth for the reason he put us here. Help beautiful. is on the way. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. This is, this is what I want people to hear you know, and to understand that an organization, right, people created an organization for a face and institute that, that understood the need of what we needed and said, yes, we can provide a very therapeutic approach to things, but then that dismisses who you are. We are wanting to create something for you that looks at you as a whole. And, and here we have it here we're going to put it together and this is what we're going to give you we're going to give you the forward-facing institute that looks at you looks at your traditions looks at your culture looks at your history looks at your your strengths your weaknesses and encourages you to create a in a a, a foundation right a new foundation a healthier foundation that makes you aware of where your triggers are what things you're needing and 
and, and bring light to the things that align you, that regulate you, right? And, and I love the fact that this institute understood that need and incorporated it in every aspect. So not only are you getting the, the yes, the traumatologist and the amazingness of Dr. Gentry, which he's amazing, um, but you're also getting, um, you know, Chaplain Justice, who is like, hey, yes. And let's look at that spiritual sense. Let's look at that rapport within that alignment with your energy and your, and how you see and your beliefs of your history, your generational history, right? But let's look at who you are and where you are right now, because that is also important in the way you treat yourself, right? And how you treat others in terms of therapy or whatever field you're in. You know, how do you support yourself and others? And I love that this institute has been able to do that and has been able to highlight this, the, the, the sense of hope, which Jenny, um, I don't know if people have seen the video, we were tagged in the bottom, but her video about hope is so amazing. Just looking at it and breaking it down, um, especially in this month for people, for, for, for our people to understand. This institute understood our needs as a people. And they say, we are going to be intentional about addressing it and providing you with a certificate that allows you to leave the, the school, right? The Institute and understand what it is you need to do and not feel as if you're doing something wrong. You're not prepared. You, you forgot, you didn't do, like they're going to make sure you are completely prepared to be able to go out there and treat trauma and do uh, support groups for one another in whatever area you may be in, in whatever country that you may be in. And I am an advocate for this and I will wiggle myself in this institute, whichever way, listen, I told them that they can't get rid of me and my audience knows that I, that's, I speak truth um, because when I see something like you, uh, Chaplain Justice, when I know that it's good, I tell you it's good. If it ain't good, I'd be like, listen, don't even waste your money. Right? Right? And this is this is uh, something that I believe in and something that I use and I recommend to people all the time. So thank you guys for allowing me to interview you guys, right? And to take a moment to interview you, Chaplain Justice, because the things you are doing and you're about to do, the book that you're going to write, and the articles that you're about to publish. Yeah, I made that public. You're welcome, America. You're welcome, the world. Um, it's coming. <laughs> it's going uh, to be great. It's going to be yes. great because not everyone understands the importance of that little S that's more powerful than people give it credit to. And for you to get that and for you to say, let me get this information out to people so that they understand a little bit better, that no, they're not crazy. That, that yes, prayer, and you know that you feel like you need more because you need that little bit more, you know? And so people need to hear that. And I'm excited to to get that notification when that book hits. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much, everyone. And I'm gonna go ahead and and just hit the recording. Thank you guys. <laughs>